the wellness revolution starts now. Welcome to the program. My name is Brianna Gregory, pharmacist and physician liaison with Physicians Preference Pharmacy. And today I am joined by Jason Gorlis. I'm one of the lead providers here at Hotsey Health and Wellness Center. And we are so excited to discuss something called MCAS today, which is mast cell activation syndrome, something that we've been seeing in a lot of our guests. And really, one of the main goals is to open up the conversation around MCAS to help guests realize that they're not alone with what they're experiencing, and also to give them a place to turn to, to ask their questions, to voice their thoughts, and to get the treatment that they deserve for the symptoms that they're experiencing. So today we're going to talk about how to kind of unpack MCAS, some of the features and clinical presentations of that, and then dig down into some of the options that we have for symptom resolution, because so many systems are involved in this syndrome, so many symptoms that create the syndrome of MCAS. So Jason, can you start by explaining to us what a mast cell is? What does that mean? Sure. Uh, a mast cell is a comple complex cell. It's part of the immune system. Most properly, it's part of the innate immune system, which is sort of the, the ground defense of your body. And mast cells are come in two different types. There's cutaneous and connective tissue mast cells that uh, are located in the greatest abundance at the interfaces of our body with our environment. So the respiratory tract, the gastrointestinal tract, the skin, the genitourinary tract, but they're found all throughout the body. And the other thing, the other interesting place that they're found is at the blood-brain barrier. So places where um, you require a high level of security. And so th they're the sentinels at the gate. They're the first line defense. They're very versatile. They contain hundreds of chemical mediators, defense molecules, the most famous of which are maybe well-known is histamine. And so when these mast cells encounter a threat, whether it's presented to them by the immune system, like the antibodies, or uh, they bump it to, into it themselves, they degranulate or they break apart. And in doing so, there's a lot of these chemical mediators that are released, and they should have a beneficial effect in the body um, to expel these uh, foreign invaders. So you have a runny nose. So when you think about histamine, you have a runny nose or you have congestion, so it blocks things from continuing to invade. The runny nose tries <clears throat> to expel or wash things out. And you think about in relationship to the gastrointestinal tract, um, there's increased stomach acid production to help with um, sort of cleansing the gastrointestinal tract. There's increased peristalsis, which is the movement of the gastrointestinal tract. So trying to squeeze things out, it might end up with diarrhea and things. Some atypical things that people would not consider as um, necessarily related to histamine. And, and the problem is, is that there's hundreds, perhaps even thousands of these different chemical mediators. And depending on which is the predominant mediator, you have a, a variety of different uh, effects. And so the mast cell, for the most part, when you have somebody who's sort of defending your borders, you want them to have a certain amount of autonomy. 
and, and mast cells do, but they're part of a, a greater organization, which is the psychoneuroendocrine immune supersystem. You know, part of the problem with conventional medical paradigm is that uh, our bodies and the function of our bodies is, is, have been siloed. So you have a neurologist for your brain, you have a cardiologist for your heart, you have an immunologist for your immune system, but we just don't act that way. Our bodies don't act that way. And so, Interestingly, the brain is sort of like the commander-in-chief. It's the CEO. It runs the show. And so when you experience um, dysfunction in your brain and your nervous system, that gets passed down to your mast cells and other aspects of your immune system. When you have a hypervigilant neurologic system, then you have a hypervigilant and maybe a hair-trigger immune system. And so that's where we see a lot of the problems with the mast cell and, and, and its activation. So it sounds very complex. These mast cells have a lot going on. They've got a ton of receptors, something over 200 different types of receptors, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. these mast cells are, I think of them as being extremely interactive. They interplay, like you said, with every system in the body. And so whether it's histamine, something that's coming in the diet, or it's hormones, or it's inflammation, or it's just an effort to protect us against some sort of an external or even environmental threat. They're very interactive. So when we talk about MCAS, we're talking about them being too interactive, right? They have a job, like you said, to keep us safe. That's their main goal. But when they start going haywire and they start interacting with everything, it's just too much. And so these patients can come to us presenting very complex. And the other curveball is that they don't show up at every appointment looking the same, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to take a lifelong history and to journal, right? To ask them to be very thorough about what they're experiencing when they eat certain foods or take certain supplements due to their high level of sensitivity. And I'm sure you've noticed this as well, is these are typically the people that come in and they say, you know, I've already been to 15 doctors. Mm -hmm. Like what's going to be different? All they do is they tell me it's all in my head. And it's so hard to hear them say that because you can see their deflation. You can mm -hmm. see the deflation in their eyes that they've they've been through everything and not had any any resolution. And you were talking about the silos of conventional medicine. I think a really important part of understanding how MCAS patients present is they typically have some sort of a neurological issue that is impacting the brain, the brain function which when we're looking at these people, we can't always see that outwardly. Mm -hmm. Their labs might look perfect, perfectly normal. They're the picture of health, but they're experiencing something so much different inside, right? So can you talk to us about some of the options that we have to address that mind-body connection mm -hmm. in an MCAS patient? Well, I, I just wanted to first reinforce that what you're saying about there being a constellation of symptoms. And, it, and because of the variety of places where these mast cells are located, they may show up with a variety of different issues. And, and often they don't look sick and because the, the mast cell activation tends to happen in flares. And in between flares, you may come in and they're giving you this exhaustive history and feeling very, like you said, deflated and dejected um, and you're looking at them and you they look pretty normal to you. And they may make, be discussing issues with about significant hair loss and they have a reasonable amount of hair and, and a variety of different things. And, and so their symptoms are so varied and hard to pin down that they're, they, they are told that they just have to be making up. They can't have, nobody, there's not one well-known condition that has all of the constellation of symptoms. 
Um, and because the brain runs the show, uh, it's often anxiety that exacerbates these symptoms. And one of the major components that come from the brain that mediates the um, mast cells is something called corticotropin releasing hormone, which is released by the brain um, in times of chronic stress. And that stress can be psychoemotional, it can be physical, it can be infections, it could be toxins in the environment, so many different things that stress out the body. And so when we, as because we know that the brain really runs the show, um, and particularly a portion of the brain called the limbic system, which um, sort of directs that fight or flight response with, that's so famous and, and, and used so commonly nowadays, that we want to calm that area of the brain. And there's several programs that have been um, developed around limbic retraining, so addressing that area of the brain, moving yourself into a state of um, regulation so that you're not, your nervous system is not hypervigilant and that hypervigilance is not transmitted to your immune system, which of which the mast cell is a prominent player in. And the other thing to consider um, is a, a specific type of neurofeedback that we offer at our center called ISIS microcurrent neurofeedback that does help to stimulate, interestingly enough, the production of new neurons in the limbic system, because that's the, the only well-known part of the brain that is, retains the capability of making new neurons. Um, and so, and it, and it only stands to reason that would be the case because you want to learn about new threats and you want mm -hmm. to be able to uh, deal with new threats in, in an appropriate fashion. And so, uh, being able to stimulate that, stimulate that area to have a new perspective, to make new neural connections, to help detoxify the, the issues that uh, occur in the brain, um, to retrain that limbic system, uh, to, to strengthen the, the, the rest and the digest portion of the autonomic nervous system, which then brings down all those stress hormones, which are drivers of this activation of mast cells. Um, so that is where the, the, the brain aspect comes in. Um, you know, there's a variety of other different um, tacks that we use or uh, um, um, modalities that we would use. Certainly, Calming the nervous system is very important, but we also want to reduce the inflammatory burden that people experience. Um, so there's histamine that's present in food. And so when you ingest histamine, then that certainly can cause problems with um, your inflammatory burden. We want to reduce toxins in that person's environment. We want to, uh, and, and allergens, which also drive histamine release. Um, infections, and interestingly enough, non-native electromagnetic fields of which we're all surrounded um, today. So your cell phone, your Wi-Fi, all of those things have been known to be stimulate, to stimulate degranulation of mast cells. And so part of that would be, uh, the other thing we want to focus on is, you know, reducing that burden, but also stabilizing these mast cells so they're not so apt to degranulate. And we can use certain um, medications to do that. We can use um, nutraceuticals to do that. And just because we're all about health and wellness naturally, it doesn't mean that we're not going to take the best tools from uh, other disciplines in medicine. And so especially when this is a, a condition as complex as mast cell activation and 
recalcitrant as mast cell activation, we want to use every tool at our disposal. Um, and so what we find is that um, we'll use antihistamines to block the, the production of, of histamine, um, which is the major neurotransmitter or chemical signaling molecule in mast cells. And we'll also use things like um, other immunomodulatory medicines like low-dose naltrexone and things like that. And so you're probably, you have a, have a, an, a, a wide offering at um, physician's preference pharmacy to deal with that. One of the, the primary things that I wanted to address today, though, too, is that um, these patients with mast cell activation um, are incredibly sensitive to anything in their environment, and some more so than others, but even the, the components of their medication, the things that would normally help them, like the antihistamines, both H1 or H2 blockers, um, a lot of conventionally prepared um, medications have excipients, fillers, binders, colors that really um, have a propensity to set them off. And so um, we want to make sure that uh, we use the cleanest possible um, substances, whether pharmaceutical or nutraceutical, to help them with this activation. And a lot of times, while we're addre addressing these toxicities and, and infections and things like that, it's it's the most important component of the program, potentially, these antihistamines and medications um, and nutraceuticals to help calm down this mast cell activation. Right. I love all of what you just said. I think that there's so many actionable points there. What always resonates with me with these guests is that we have to find the place in this downward spiral or the mm -hmm. cycle that we can first gain traction because we can't. We cannot approach them like we would maybe the typical patient or the mm -hmm. majority of patients that we see come in because these are the type of people that might literally only be able to handle four or five foods in mm -hmm. their diet, right? Because they're so sensitive. A lot of that can have to do with the histamine presence in some of the foods. Also, their body has changed so much over the years to simply protect itself mm -hmm. that now it's walled off any medications or supplements or some foods that could potentially help. So it doesn't mean that this person's body is rejecting foods, supplements, or even medications because they're bad, or like you mentioned, the excipients, those inactive ingredients that we put inside the medication as part of the compounding process, but these people just don't tolerate it. Mm -hmm. So some of those some of those ingredients that that you're referring to to look out for in both supplements and medications are mag stearate. Mm -hmm. So magnesium stearate is a really big one. Again, not a bad ingredient, mm -hmm. but mast cell patients seem to have a very high sensitivity. And titanium dioxide, a lot of the dioxides seem to cause an issue, right? High sensitivity to those. So we can use both supplements and medications to help stabilize the mast cells, which is one of the main overarching goals because they're overactivated, as the syndrome suggests, right? But also antihistamines to calm down the histamine reaction. Histamine's important. It's important for vasodilation. It's important for the inflammatory process, for the healing process. But just like anything, it has to be imbalanced. So we have to be sure that we're decreasing the additional threat that we're imposing on patients by having any histamine in their diet but also help to decrease the histamine release by giving them compounded antihistamines too, as you mentioned. And what we find is sometimes these people will need a lot higher doses than mm -hmm. what we see in other patients. And so we have to be aware of that as well. 
Um, naltrexone, you mentioned, which is a great immunomodulator. It's a great anti-inflammatory. And I know you've had a lot of success with naltrexone in your patients. Mm-hmm. So these are just a few products that we can use that we compound at Physicians Preference Pharmacy that are clean, as with the rest of them. They don't, our compounds never contain any unnecessary dyes, binders, fillers, or any of that cheap junk that you will find in some (laughs) compounds because you just don't need it. You don't. You only need the active ingredients, and that's just it. I did want to circle back to where you mentioned the corticotropin releasing hormone, Mm -hmm. which is important, and it comes into stress regulation, right? And cortisol production, and the, the, Cortisol production in the body helps to manage stress and unresolved stressors, childhood trauma, these types of things can be kind of the last leg of someone's healing journey. If that's not resolved, Mm -hmm. they won't be able to get through it. And that's kind of where ISIS can come in, right, Mm -hmm. to help someone retrain their experiences Mm -hmm. with life and their environment. But also hormones. So the mast cell actually has its own hormone binding sites. And so there's a very, very intimate relationship between actually even sex hormones, specifically estrogen Mm -hmm. and the mast cell. So how many patients do we see that come in that are estrogen dominant? It's a lot, lot, right? A lot. It's a lot. Significant majority. Yeah, it's probably the majority. Mm -hmm. So when we think of patients that are in a state of estrogen dominance, they also likely have a high histamine intolerance because the two kind of play off of each other, histamine and estrogen. So if a woman is in a state of estrogen dominance, their body will release more histamine Mm -hmm. and vice versa because it's an inflammatory response as well. So that can make it a little bit complex, but having a really good understanding, you know, someone having a practitioner that has a really good understanding of hormone balance like yourself is very important because you understand that those two things are not segregated. Mm -hmm. The inflammatory process, the histamine intolerance, the hormone balance, we have to stabilize the hormones, right, to give people back control over their immune system and their inflammatory, mm-hmm. their inflammatory control is so important. So I don't want to discount the the role that hormones plays in mast cell activation syndrome because most of these patients do experience hormone imbalance. So any any final thoughts you want to share with listeners to be sure that they understand that they're not alone with MCAS or anything that sticks out to you about this syndrome, Jason? It, it's just very, for the the patient or guest, it's a very daunting issue. And, and interestingly, it's probably very daunting for the healthcare provider in the general medical arena. When you think about the, the amount of time that you have to deal with somebody, especially somebody as complex as, some, as a person with mast cell activation, you have... 10 minutes. And it's no wonder that you go in there, you listen to their story as much as you can in your ten, the 10 minutes. And it's just an easier thing to do to write a prescription for an antidepressant because mm-hmm. they, they clearly can't be having all these symptoms. And mm-hmm. so it all has to be in their head. And, and, and then that just increases the stress and the issues that these people have. Um, and so we would just like to extend a lifeline to those folks and, and say that we understand that it's not in, all in your head, uh, that it's in your brain to a certain degree, but it's not <laughs> all in your head. And so we want to touch all of those things that are going to uh, make you well. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for your expertise today, Jason, and sharing what you see from the practitioner's side. And 
I, I do want our listeners to know and feel encouraged and empowered to reach out to us with any questions that you guys have. So i just like to, to close out this program by inviting you, our listener, to contact us either at the Hosea Health and Wellness Center or at Physicians Preference Pharmacy. We all work together here. But you can reach the Hosea Health and Wellness Center for a complimentary wellness consultation and discuss some of the things that you're experiencing surrounding MCAS. If you think that you're experiencing these symptoms, then you can reach the clinic at 281-698-8698 or you can visit hosehwc.com. And then please feel free to reach out to myself or any other pharmacists at Physicians Preference Pharmacy. We'll be happy to talk to you more about what we can offer in the ways of compounded medications, how we keep the products clean, and how we can encourage you to feel comfortable taking supplements and prescriptions again, because they're designed to help you not to hurt you. We just have to be sure that you're choosing the right ones and we can guide you in that. So please feel free to reach out to the pharmacy at 281-828-9088, and it would be our privilege to serve you. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. My pleasure. At Physicians Preference Pharmacy, we believe that prescription drugs are commonly overprescribed, treating symptoms only rather than addressing the underlying condition. These drugs offer a temporary fix, but they don't solve the root cause of the problem. Our approach is not about overloading people with medications that offer only a temporary fix. It is so important to recognize that you do not get sick because you have a low level of pharmaceutical drugs in your blood. You get sick because you are deficient in something or because your body is not in balance. As part of your healthcare team, we work with your doctor to restore that healthy balance. Sometimes this means replacing hormones, vitamins, nutrients, or even antioxidants. So how is this different than traditional treatment? Rather than covering up the symptoms with yet another medication, we work to replenish the body, restoring your health and restoring your wellness. Information provided on this program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified healthcare provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional healthcare provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this program is at the listener's discretion.